Hello and welcome back to the MRS Lab podcast, the show where we investigate topics on the fringes and outskirts of market research in 10 minutes or less. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Rob Volpe, CEO and founder of Ignite360, an insight strategy and training firm. Rob is based in San Francisco, is an empathy activist and the author of the new book, Tell me more about that. Rob, welcome to the show. Chris, hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. To get us started, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about this topic of empathy um, and why it's so important in business. Yeah, you know, empathy is one of those things that it it's actually been important in business for a long time. There's a quote from Henry Ford back in 1918, where he's uh, explaining that the secret of success is the ability to see somebody else's point of view and incorporate that into your own. And that's empathy. And that was, you know, over a hundred years ago. Uh, it's only, you know, in the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and through to the last 10 years or so that empathy got squashed out of the way of being, um, you know, boys were being trained to not show any emotion. And um, certainly then that empathy had no place in the workplace, nor did emotions and feeling. It was all about the numbers. But something happened in the last 10 years where people started to realize, wait a minute, there is a different way of, of being and doing things. And that has led to empathy and EQ skills in general, of which empathy is a critical one, um, to rise to the surface. So you know, then looking at, at what happened in the pandemic and with the lockdowns, um, a lot of uh, knowledge workers or white collar employees were finding that you know they weren't being supported empathetically from their leadership. Uh, they they weren't being heard when they were expressing concern about you know hey I've got childcare issues or my kids trying to go to school or I've got you know my own fears and, and concerns about what's going on in the world. And as a result, what that did is it loosened the bonds of loyalty that uh, employees had with their employers and the great resignation that has been going on, you know, into its well into its second year now is, is the result of that. Um, more practically in the marketing research space, I mean, we're all about empathy. You know, if you think about empathy as understanding the point of view of somebody else, and that's the definition of what we call cognitive empathy, perspective taking. That's what marketing research is. We're always trying to understand, you know, human behaviors, opinions, and attitudes and beliefs. And so empathy is critical to, um, connecting with consumers, but also help well, connecting with your clients and helping your clients understand where consumers are coming from so that they can be inspired to take action. Absolutely. I think that's a really good take on it. And, you know, it is interesting to hear you talk about the the connection also between the great resignation and these very real challenges that a lot of businesses are facing and how it really comes back to empathy and that long storied history it's had as well. I'm curious about how you got into this field and how you started um, to work with empathy. But before I ask you that, I was just wondering for our listeners who might be unsure, how would you define empathy? And I know you mentioned just now EQ as well. 
Could you just elaborate a little bit more on, on what EQ is and how you would define what empathy is too? Sure. So um, EQ is, you know, people have more likely heard of IQ, intelligence quotient. EQ is emotional quotient or emotion quotient. Um, and it's, you know, a, a set of different uh, skills that leaders need in order or anybody needs really um, in order to show up. You need, you can't just be smart. You've got to be smart IQ with some sense of um, humanity. I mean, that's really what the EQ is is bringing to the table. Um, and that's what rounds us out and makes us better, uh, you know, uh, colleagues, leaders, neighbors, everything. You, you use it and you should be using it in all aspects of, of your, your life. Um, empathy itself, and there's a lot of... Um, uh, misunderstandings around empathy. And so a couple of quick things. Um, one, empathy is something we're born with. Um, we all have the ability, but just like a baby is born with the ability to walk and has the muscles in its legs, it needs to strengthen those muscles up so that it can finally learn how to stand and scoot and walk and then run. And empathy is very similar to that. We have the ability to do it, but we need to have opportunities to practice it in order to strengthen that muscle. But empathy itself is this idea of connecting with another person and seeing their point of view or feeling what they're feeling as them. And the colloquial you know, expression to walk a mile in someone else's shoes as them that's what, what empathy is all about. But there's actually two different types of empathy. And this is also where some confusion comes in. Often when you ask somebody to define empathy, they'll go kind of one way or the other. I find people usually go to the emotional space and emotional empathy, which is feeling the feelings of somebody else. And not everybody can do that. Some people do it incredibly well. They're highly sensitive empaths. Um, they have the ability to really feel what's coming on. And, and, and for them, they need to learn how to set some boundaries and do the self-care to not let that energy and the, those emotions overwhelm them. And the rest of us need to work on actually being more empathetic and how to actually tap into it. But it isn't necessarily the emotional side um, because not everybody's as comfortable getting into that space, but pretty much everybody's able to try to see the point of view of somebody else and see where they're coming from. And that's cognitive empathy. And that's what you're ultimately trying to do at work and in research and with your um, even your next door neighbors and the people in your own community and your personal life. I love that distinction between the different types of empathy. Um, I think you're right that we absolutely, I, you know, I myself can recognize that I probably do hold some of those misconceptions about it and do just go straight to the emotional element and that actually there's a, there's a whole kind of science behind it and it, it's a wider concept than uh, just what we might initially think of. So I do want to ask you, how did you get into this field? How did you start researching empathy? Why empathy? Um, so, you know, empathy for me personally was really important. I grew up in um, a small, very small town in Indiana. Um, so kind of, kind of rural. Um, and we moved into that town and going into fifth grade, and this is way back in 1980, um, and so at that time, the kids decided, one of the kids in particular decided to tell everybody that I was gay. 
And that rumor caught on like wildfire. And at the time, I didn't know what gay was and didn't understand that. Um, and I didn't really know how to combat it. Um, I'm not, it, it's not, uh, my my first inclination isn't to go throw a punch. People were telling me, oh, you just got to go, you know, haul off and slug the kid and that'll, that'll shut him and everybody else up. And that's just like, that's not who I am. I'm not going to like just resort to to violence. So over the years, though, as as those you know rumors and and whatnot continued to to haunt me and follow me around, I realized that empathy was something that I could use as a, as a survival skill. So I would start to use empathy to get to know my other classmates and kind of following Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. What people really want is to be heard. They want somebody to listen to them and, and see their point of view. So I would do that and just not about why they didn't like me necessarily, but just about whatever was going on in their life. And I was able to use that um, as a way to build some trust with them and, and some form of a connection and with the goal that when you know a rumor did get started or somebody wanted to go beat me up or something, they weren't going to necessarily, these other people that I had become had made this connection with, they weren't going to jump in. They weren't going to glom on to, to what was going on. And that made it um, uh, less painful, whatever was, was happening. So that was back in my, my childhood. And then jump ahead, um, I, I spent a lot of my career in various forms of marketing services. So PR, promotional marketing partnership marketing. And through all of that, I always liked the opportunities to connect with the consumer directly, effectively marketing research. But even in promotional marketing, I was going to sampling events and uh, putting things like that together. And then opportunity to uh, share and hear from consumers directly was was really inspiring to me and I really loved it. I didn't understand though that, hey, I could make a career out of that. And it was called marketing research. Finally, in 2006, I think, 2007, I got laid off from a job and it, it led me down that path of getting into marketing research. And so I got trained as a, a qualitative moderator and uh, all of a sudden was doing in-store intercepts and ethnographies and all sorts of awesome stuff. Then in 2010, a study came out in, from the University of Michigan that showed uh, they did a, a meta-analysis of uh, student life surveys from 1979 through 2009. And they found that uh, from 1979 to 2001, there was a 40% decline in students' ability to say they could see the point of view of their classmates. And that was really shocking to me. It, did, it didn't go up or down after 2001, but it was already at a 40% decline from you know, 30 or 20 years previous. And I was really worried about that because that meant somebody that was in college in 2001, I mean, today in 2022, they're in their 40s. They are a parent, they are working, they are a member of society, um, they're, but they're running around with less empathy. And, and what was that going to do to the way that we interact with each other? So that was the, the kind of spider bite clarion call, if you would, of like, wow, there's a problem. We've got to do something about that. And launching Ignite 360 in, in 2011, we were focused on helping use that empathy to better connect our clients and inspire them to take action. Um, and so started to look at, as we would do these things, do research projects and 
um, tell clients, you know, oh, the, your consumer said this and here, look at this video of interviews from the consumer or hear that. There were some times when the clients would still just not get it. And it was like, what is going on? How can they not be connecting to these people that in some cases they've met, you know, face to face? And it turns out that, well, there's there are the barriers that get in people's way to having empathy. Um, and so we started to identify those, not just looking at our clients, but looking at ourselves, looking at the literature that was out there, consulting with uh, psychologists. And then ultimately we became the, what we call the five steps to empathy. Um, and that's what we started training and, and offering. That's um, a really amazing story. Um, I love kind of the practical elements, how you turned empathy, something we we take for granted and something that might be in shorter supply now than it once was into, as you say, a, a survival skill as well. Um, and then found practical uses for it throughout your career. And on that kind of practical note, a lot of our listeners um, will resonate with a lot of those challenges that you described. A lot of our listeners are research and insights professionals in um, their early and, and mid careers. What advice would you give to them about how they can use empathy in their day to day lives? Yeah, well, I think the first uh, thing that I would want to mention to them is in the book, I, I share my own stories and my own experiences failing with empathy, quite honestly, and times where I'm out on in-home research projects and wasn't able to get over my judgment or you know, if I did ask a good question, what did that open up? Um, so that it's it's filled with a lot of really interesting and entertaining stories, particularly if you work in insights, um, there's a sort of added layer of, of fun uh, to, to reading the book. And then I think from a day-to-day, -day, like kind of practical experience is um, th there's four kind of key things people need to do. Uh, one is having self-awareness um, that maybe you aren't being as empathetic or at times that you are, but you've got to have that mindfulness of your behavior and, and what how you're showing up. And then the second is to have courage uh, to actually change and to try to be more empathetic. The third thing you need to do is to practice. And that's in particular the five steps to empathy, which is what I go into with the book. Um, but dismantling your judgment, asking good questions, actively listening, integrating into your understanding and using solution imagination. And you do have to practice. Don't think that this is one thing that you're going to master, you know, from the get go. Um, context matters and the, the experiences and the situations that you get thrown into uh, can change how you show up. And so that's where you need to be have the self-awareness and the courage to, to approach it differently and to keep practicing. And then finally, to have grace um, and grace with yourself and grace with others. It's really important that we're trying. Uh, we don't get empathy right all the time. Um, nobody does. Nobody's perfect. Um, and, and be okay with that. Be, be okay with being human. Um, have some forgiveness for yourself and for others. Um, but what's important is that you try. Great advice. I love it. Rob, I, I could talk to you all day about this, but we are unfortunately running out of time on today's episode. So if there is one thing you would like our listeners to take away um, from today's podcast episode, what would it be? That empathy is, empathy empowers the skills that we need and use to be the people that we are and hope to become.
So you use empathy to communicate, to collaborate, to make decisions, uh, to form trust, to ideate, to persuade, uh, to reach forgiveness and compassion. And all of those things make you better as a team member or a manager or a leader, uh, better as a volunteer, better as a partner or friend or parent, whatever role that you're playing in your life. Empathy is critical to, to making you better at the skills that you need to excel. And for those who want to find out more about how to do that, uh, they can do so in your book. Tell me more about that, solving the empathy crisis, one conversation at a time. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Or they can, and to learn more just about that, they can visit uh, the website related to the book, which is the number five, steps to empathy.com. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, Rob. It's been a fantastic conversation. I've been so glad to have you here. Thank you so much, Chris. I've really enjoyed it. I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to chat more. And thank you to everybody listening as well. We'll be back in a few short weeks with our last episode of 2022. Until then, I've been your host, Chris Martin, and this has been the MRX Lab.